most likely it's um, some sort of imbalance leads to a blockage of chain blood so your meridians or whatever the area is isn't flowing properly um, which is why that's causing pain the blockage is kind of constricting and um, not allowing things through so Chinese medicine wise that is why there's pain so our um, treatment principle primarily with pain is to kind of get that area flowing get more chi and blood so that it can kind of heal itself and go back to as normal as possible Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello! Nick? Hey everyone, how we doing? And Timmy? Hey yo! Also, I'm good, thank you, Nick, by the way. That was, that was, a, that was a smooth... <laughs> that was directed smooth straight at you, <laughs> How you know you? why? I'm 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 sore, bro. I'm straight up sore. What have you been up to? Whatever. What have you been up to? Be. Oh, look. You know, every every morning I'm getting up at like you know, seven forty-five because I've been getting up and doing a twenty-five kilometer bike ride every day to support. Days. Yeah, twenty-five k's, dude. Every day. Every day. To support. Yes. To support. All right. So I'm a part of two fundraisers right now. All right, and this is not a plug. This is totally a plug, but it's fine. Um, so I'm, I've got two fundraisers on my back right now. The first one I signed up for was the um, the Great Cycle Challenge, which is Timmy. Is that, are you <laughs> are you plugging? <laughs> is that a wire that you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here to support you. I'm here. To support you. <laughs> thank you for thank you for the plug. Now nah, I thought I'd I thought I'd kick off the pod with. Um, talking about a little fundraiser that i'm doing at the moment um so i'm part of two fundraisers uh one is the great cycle challenge um that supports the fight against kids cancer um and the second one is the peter mac uh cancer foundation um i think it's like the unite challenge or something like that and they're both obviously in support of uh cancer research and stuff um one of them was I think, yeah, one of them was, uh, which is the Great Cycle Challenge, is like you just put your own goal and then you aim to do that through October. The second one, the Peter Mac Unite one, is the way harder one where I have to somehow do 200Ks in the next 10 days for cycling, which I, I, I kind of wish that, I kind of wish it came earlier because I used to be able, before lockdown or before like the second lockdown, I was able to ride like, 50 Ks in one go, like no, no problem. And now I'm struggling hard. <laughs> I am struggling. Like, hmm? Once you that? like do it for a few days consistently, it should get easier, right? Yeah, yeah I'd like to think so. Um, it's just, uh, well, I'm on my fourth day now. By the time uh, you guys are listening to this, I would be, I think, on my eighth day. Did we say, did we work it out to Eight be eighth or 10, day? Something like that. So somewhere around there, I don't know, probably my eighth day. Um, I think the Great Cycle Challenge fundraiser, I reached my goal of $500. $500. Currently, I think I'm on 724 And I was like, whoa. Thanks, guys. Um, the, the Unite Us um, Peter Mac Challenge, 
um, I I think I'm on 125, which is a little bit, which is obviously a lot lower, but we're getting there and I'm on fourth day. So we out here, hopefully I can raise 500 before the 10 days up, but I don't mind. Um, no, good job, B. Um, and you know, when you, when you are thinking about struggling to, to push through all those cases, you can always think about, you know, the people that you're helping, um, and the people that are struggling, uh, at the Peter Mac facility, uh, you know, my family's had to use Peter Mac as well, um, in the past, and it's, it's not a good thing to, to say that you have to use these, these facilities, but it's a good thing to say that, you know, they're available, um, and that's a very, very good cause that you're, you're going towards, B. Um. Thanks, man. So, very proud of you, f- and you know, on behalf of the Forever Young podcast, we're, you know, proud of you. Um, so good job, Aww. man. So thanks, yeah, wanted, man. To, wanted to make sure that, that got into the podcast, and so ah, uh, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, Peter Max, like a, an amazing, ama- like an amazing, um, like the f- facilities and just the organization itself. They're they're super nice. I've been working with them, um, past couple, probably about the last year. I've been like really close, uh, close. I don't know what, I guess, a close relationship with them, I guess. Um, and, like, they're they're phenomenal. They're all nice as hell. The facilities are, like, top-notch, and it's just... It's a so beautiful good. hospital. So, it is actually a beautiful it's hospital. A, it's a beautiful hospital. It legit, like, you walk in there, and it looks like you're in a Marvel movie or something. Like, it's, like, futuristic. They, like, they look like they synthesize robots. Like, you look up, and, oh, fuck, I can't get over it. And they the have a nice building, cafe at the top. They do. The whole building looks yeah. like a mitochondria from the top. And the work and the research they do is amazing as well. They're at the forefront of all of all of that research, all of that technology. And it's really great and exciting that it's here in Melbourne and that yeah, they are able to support the people here. Not only yes. here, but yeah, all around the world. Mm. And they uh, do, so do some the stuff. They do, do some stuff uh, with like Allied Health and like not just western medicine um as well as eastern medicine and and being mindful and um meditation and yoga and these type of things um that are just as much you know that heal the body and mind just as much as everything else you know it's it's a it's a holistic process and they're all about that and you know i really think that's a good good place to be so it, let's get into it. this let's get into this topic uh, before we run Shall out of time. we? Oh yeah, yeah. My my the space on my computer is not going to allow for more than forty minutes. <laughs> so if I cut off randomly, I'm very sorry. Um, but uh, this is actually part two of our multi-part series where we run through uh, different musculoskeletal issues that we see every day um, as practitioners. So um, if this so happens to be the first episode you stumble across, uh, or the first episode that you watch in this series, it might be helpful to kind of listen to the introductory episode to keep up to date. Um, with what's going on. So basically what we're aiming for um, is when we talk about, um, we're going to start talking about musculoskeletal conditions and analyze them and touch on parts of the anatomy we need to keep in mind when we're looking at those certain conditions. Um, Starting from this episode, we'll work from um, the top down, so the head and neck, all the way down to our lower limb and feet. And we'll touch on to the Western medicine testing and treatments for those conditions. But being a Chinese medicine podcast, we'll also look at the Chinese medicine perspective and how to treat them with acupuncture, any other other means that we choose to do so, and what our common diagnosis would be. Um, and of course, as we do, we'd like to throw a story here and there of the things that we see, so they'll probably come up every now and then. Um, 
But musculoskeletal t- conditions tend to be the, the most common uh, conditions that we see in a clinic. So really hope this, this series actually does prove useful to those either coming to practice or looking to practice soon. So uh, as Paul mentioned, today we'll be talking about um, the head and neck. And now to kick things off, why would we want to look at something like the head and neck? Because like when people think about you know head and neck, they wouldn't really associate the head with any chronic pain other than a headache uh, because it lacks very dynamic muscles. Like, you know, the arm, you, you use your arm every day, so it's going to hurt your shoulder or like your biceps or your wrists or whatever. But, you know, the head doesn't have that. However, the neck, understandably, it's a usual suspect when it comes to everyday pains and aches. Um, but why do you think it's important? I'm going to throw it to you guys. Why do you think it's important to look at both today? Yeah, I think uh, the head and neck is is uh, a vital part of being a clinician um, and treating people, everyday people. I th- I would say about mm, 60% of my patients when I first opened were upper back neck pain patients. Um, so you, you know, this is your bread and butter, especially when you're first, first getting into uh, the world of Chinese medicine outside of university. Um, a lot of people don't really know what you do or understand that you do more and we did talk about that a couple episodes ago um but these type of people you know these these patients come in all the time they don't just stop once you start to getting better um and starting to to teach teach your public sort of what you do these type of people come in all the time um you know granted they are they are when they do come into the clinic you sort of you s- you have a sigh of relief that uh, it's not too complicated <laughs> because, you know, the head and the neck is, is something that we treat all the time. So we're very well versed in treating it. Um, and, you know, so today we're going to go through a little bit of uh, neck pain. So upper traps um, and pain near the occiput, just which is at the back of the head. Um, and we're going to link also to some a little bit of TMJ pain um, and have a little bit of chat about the anatomy involved. Um, some orthopedic testing that we can do to check for different type of red flags um, and sort of, yeah, other things that we see in terms of the head and neck, but that's mainly the main things. I think TMJ caught my eye a lot more because that's a pain, a very common head pain, I guess, that um, that is quite overlooked. Because when I was thinking, when I was writing up the intro and I was like, you know, there's not really that much head pain then I think of TMJ and I'm like, that's actually quite important and it's actually not detrimental, but a lot of people find that very annoying when it comes to their everyday life. So if someone experiences TMJ, usually they get a little bit worried and they're like, oh, it's pain and it's my head and my head's important. So it's it's, it's worrying me. So that caught my eye. I'm very interested to talk about that. Yeah, the so, TMJ is, yeah. well, we can start there because it's, a, you know, we'll work our way back. Um, the TMJ is, is very important to, to look at in patients. So when we're talking about TMJ, we're talking about the temp temp temporomandibular joint. Uh Nailed so that's it. thanks mate. Had to <laughs> it. it was like an old car though. Had to give it a few kicks to start over. So this is the one just in front of your ear. Um and you know, when you're screening patients and having a look at um if they they come in with that really tight upper traps, you know, have a look at have a look at that TMJ. Um, so, so the main muscle we're looking at here is the masseter muscle. So, it's, if you clench your jaw, that's that big muscle um, in the cheek there that you can feel. It's quite. It can be quite flicky. 
um, and quite tight in a lot of people. Um, so that's that's the muscle and anatomy we're sort of looking at. The click, 100% the click is like intense. I have a really bad click in my team, in my um, TMJ. Um, and uh, I, I want to shout out to, I think it was a Cairo I saw. Um, and I was telling her about how uh, I had this click in my jaw, jaw and she's like, oh, um, you've had braces, right? And I'm like, totally, yeah. And then she's like, yeah, quite common with a lot of uh, people that have had braces. And then she, she's like, hold on, is it okay if I stick my fingers in your mouth? And I'm like, eh? ho- ho- so- sorry, what? And she's like, D- trust me. And then so she puts her, she puts her thumb or something in her, in like my mouth, right? And then like presses against these two points. I don't know how, the, I don't know what she does. And they hurt a lot. But then it stopped clicking for like, maybe like a couple of hours. And I'm like, oh, uh, what? So like things that, are, I've, I've always lived with this click, but like things that are common like that, I think, I think anatomically, I, I wasn't hundred percent sure, but I think my masseter itself was, is quite tight. So then it forces the, um, my jaw to come a little bit out of alignment when, when passing through a certain, bone, well, maybe my uh, maxillary bone, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it was, it was really cool. It was really cool for her to do. Cause I think what she did was she started ma- massaging the, um, the master a little bit from the inside. I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe the master or another muscle and she had relaxed a little bit. So then it wouldn't be so tense and maybe like knock over a tendon or bone causing the click. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, very interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, so interesting. So interesting. And you will find that a lot of people, um, either clench their jaw without noticing, which causes all that, you know, that musculature to be quite tight, uh, quite tense. Um, and even uh, you can also get conditions like bruxism, which is like grinding your teeth at nighttime. And a lot of people don't know that they do this. Um, so when you're screening up and up and back traps um, through the occiput, you know, and then come around to the face, have a feel of that TMJ or, you know, that mass of the muscle um, and see if it's quite tight or tender and, you know, just include that into your screening process because uh, it it's it's linked to all those, to that liver meridian and that gallbladder channel that we talk about when we talk about um, liver cheese stagnation, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit further along, but a lot of that stress uh, tension in your upper back and, you know, coming towards your TMJ is caused by that stress and liver cheese stag. So, so it's quite alternative, important. Alternatively to, too, alternatively too for TMJ pain, um, I've noticed uh, because stomach, I think it's seven, lies like right below. Uh, I think it's right below the the where the TMJ and the maxillary bone kind of meet. Um, that is the zygomatic uh, arch. My, Zygomatic arch, sorry, not maxillary bone. I get that always confused. No, always get that confused. Cheekbone. Um, yeah, I, I've noticed for myself and other patients is that if they suffer a lot of stomach heat, um, you tend to get that t- that sudden TMJ pain, the very acute and also just sudden onset, like the ra- just randomly. And uh, obviously, if someone that's not really well rehearsed in Chinese medicine wouldn't really link the two, you know, jaw and uh, like maybe your, your poo burning 
or something, you know? Um, he wouldn't really link the two, but that's also something to keep in mind because the stomach seven's right there, so then it kind of manifests in their TMJ. I saw that giggle, guys. I, I'm, I'm glad that y'all giggled because I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny too. <laughs> but yeah, that's, like, you know, that's exactly right. Yeah, why is bees poo burning? Stomachy. It's got stomachy, dude. It's got stomachy. Ah, it's got my poo TMJ burning. <laughs> he just leaves it. He just leaves it on his neighbor's front lawn. That's it. <laughs> heat, heat in the mouth. Heat in the other mouth. <laughs> heat in both holes. That's the one. Could be hot tube. <laughs> Alright, so, anyway, so that's onwards, the TMJ paint. Um, does somebody want to sort of talk us about, talk us through some of the some of the other neck paint that we can get um, in the back of the neck or the front of the neck? Well, somebody. Charlene had a, like a face. Sorry, I thought you I had a face. Gonna <laughs> say, <laughs> I was going to say, so we said some of the syndromes was um, stomach heat and liver cheese stagnation. Um and then we said some of the causes can be emotional stress and can be teeth grinding and can be overuse, can be braces. Um, was there anything else that can cause TMJ or um, any other syndromes we want to discuss? That sounded like a no. like when you know this when a is teacher just a is, summary before we move on to the next one. Okay, yes. <laughs> it, it, it kind of felt like if for a second it kind of felt like a teacher was like, okay, so we said this, we said this. Is there anything else that we wanted to discuss? It's, it's like they've pre- <laughs> prepared their notes, and you've said everything but what's in their notes. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I haven't got anything to go off by this, so I'm just gonna like wait until. No. So I'm just gonna wait until they come out. <laughs> No, I was just going to say also I have a palpate of the neck muscles in the front and the back because it's all connected to that jaw area. So um, Nick mentioned the traps before, but have a palpate of the neck as well because um, I often get the clicking as well and my osteo um, looks at my neck muscles as well. So, so what are some, what are some of mind. those neck muscles? What are some of those neck muscles that you that he palpates? Do you know? Um, scalenes. Um, he, he does like, um, I can't remember the technique, but he basically just holds my scalenes and like releases the tension in there. It feels uncomfortable, but then afterwards it's like, yeah, it works really well. So from, I guess, Chinese medicine, because we don't do that holding technique, we can just needle those muscles. So what are some of the other muscles in the neck there that, um, we can focus on Tom? You're pretty well ver- well reversed in anatomy. Uh, are we talking about the front of the neck or the back of the neck? Uh, you can start sort of in the front and work your way back if you want. The side's not bad either. Yeah, all the sides. <laughs> yeah. um, Take us through. Take us to the scene. Ge- generally, at the front of the neck, what you're looking mostly at is stuff like the scalenes, uh, sternocleidomastoid is a really really big one that's often involved at the front. Um, generally, you don't see too much problems at the front of the neck unless it's like unless you sort of like twisted it strangely or you like slept on it badly. Most of the pain or most commonly seen is at the back of the neck. 
So what Sorry, I have, a, I have a story about the front of the neck at some stage. Uh, on the weekend, one of my friends had a little bit too much to drink and we were on a Zoom call and he had, he was on his computer chair and I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and audibly describe this, but he was on his, he was on his computer chair and had too much and had passed out, but was looking up and he, and he just cocked it. <laughs> and I'll explain to be like one of these. Yeah, no, so, that's, so he's definitely stretching his sternocleidomastoid right, right there. Um, yeah, which is yes, not supposed to be stretched that, that far. No, it is not. Not so, for a prolonged <laughs> period of time anyway. No. no. So what are some of the other muscles coming around to the back of the neck there, Tom? You were, That's where you were headed? Yeah, we're making our way around town. Making our way downtown. downtown. <laughs> 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 that was so good. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, normally, normally the superficial muscles such as... Your <laughs> Nick's still dying in the back. I didn't, um, have the, I didn't have the camera on. That's so good. Oh my god. Anyway, continue. Um, normally seen in people who work in like uh, a lot on the computer, or tend to do more sort of like writing at desks, like sitting down at desks, sort of things. You look at superficial muscles, so stuff like the traps. Um, just if we're talking in reference to head and neck. You have the levator scap, which sort of stretches out from your scapula, attaches onto your neck sort of region. Um, you also have your, um, what else is it? The splenus capitis muscles. That's really sore if you slept really badly as well. Mm, that's mostly about it. If you're talking just neck, upper neck region and not sort of, yeah, the the lines get a bit blurred uh, when you, yeah, where you sort of cut off uh, head and neck to shoulder, upper back, mid back region. Um, you know, of course, when we're screening for all of these things, uh, so, so when a patient comes in um, and they say, look, I've got all this upper neck tension, it's causing me quite a bit of grief, you know, I feel very tired and quite heavy in that area. Um you, you obviously palpate all of the neck and the shoulders. Um, so you're looking for those shoulder stabilizer muscles as well. Um, and I think we'll probably go over them a bit more in more detail uh, in the next episode, which is the shoulder and upper arm. But, you know, you're looking at all three regions of the trap, so the upper, mid, and lower. The upper and the lower are the main um, main culprits in most trap pain. Um, but then you're also looking at uh, supraspinatus as well. You're looking through the rhomboids. Um, you you sort of what's what's with the face, Tom? Huh? What's with Nothing. the face? You're looking well, at these muscles. You're looking for tightness uh, and tension through these muscles, as you know, as possible culprits to cause to cause some damage, um, as well as um, levator scap, as Tom mentioned, which is in the upper upper region, you know, you, you want to assess all these muscles and have a look at sort of what could be going wrong. Do you disagree, Tom? Do you have a different opinion? <laughs> That's not allowed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Opinions aren't welcome. This is Chinese medicine. Like going to dr- drive over and beat me up f- for disagreeing with you. Cool. 5K, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God for the 5K limit rule. 
think that energy is going to say something, Charlene? Yeah, I was just going to continue and... I was going to say when um, Nick says assess these muscles. So what we want to do, apart from the palpation that he was talking about, we want to also assess the range of motion. So with the neck, we want to ask them to kind of look up, look down, look left and right, and kind of see if there's a difference between each side, but also um, if they have any pain or straining. Um, And that can kind of help us to pinpoint any abnormal movements or... um, any kind of locations of pains. So if they're like looking to the left and then they've got pain on the right-hand side, then we can address that. Whereas if they look right and there's no pain on the left-hand side, then um, the left-hand side is probably better than the right-hand side. And so from there, we can kind of use our Chinese medicine diagnostics and um, kind of prescribe a treatment. But the palpation and the testing is really important so that we get the right area for treatment. Pathogenesis-wise, why, why is there a restriction in the range of motion? So the muscles could be quite tense and so um, they don't kind of stretch as far. I don't know if this is pathogenesis. Um, oh, not pathogenesis, but, but I think I think where you you got my question. I don't know if I used the yeah. word right, but mm. we'll just say. But yeah, there's something restricting that muscle movement, um, and we want to kind of release that, loosen that, so you can get your full range of motion back. Beautiful. That was a great answer. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, let's. Uh, I, oh, I want to know. Oh, I want to ask Charlene or any of you guys, how does, so you have limited range of motion. How does pain come into this? Where do I get this feeling of pain when I, when I can't really move my neck? It's really stiff. I have limited range of motion. How do I, how does pain come into this? So Why is it sore? From a Chinese medicine perspective, um, there's a blockage of chi and blood or there's some sort of imbalance, um, most likely it's um, some sort of imbalance leads to a blockage of chi and blood. So your meridians or whatever the area is, isn't flowing properly, um, which is why that's causing pain. The blockage is kind of constricting and um, not allowing things through. So Chinese medicine wise, that is why there's pain. So our um, treatment principle primarily with pain is to kind of get that area flowing get more chi and blood so that it can kind of heal itself and go back to as normal as possible yeah and from like a western med point of view uh, the, these muscles are like hypertonic so they're quite tight and tense uh, and when when the muscles are tight and tense they don't they don't interact with them with each other properly your muscles are meant to glide um, quite glide quite smoothly on each other and you know, when one when one muscle moves, another muscle is meant to move. You know, in the opposite direction. You know, the antagonistic and oh, I said it last week, forgotten it again. <sighs> I can't remember. And all of you are frozen. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, right. Too bad. Um. So yeah, you've right. got these yeah. two different yeah. muscle groups. Yeah. I see. So that. when one yeah, is no, dysfunctional, true. um, you're getting you're not getting the other muscles okay, pulling I, I properly. I think he was trying to say agonist, antagonist, and agonist before he left us. 
Well, I mean, his, his audio talking. is still... Yeah. yeah, his audio is still recording, so we'll just give him some pieces to kind of work with. When we heard it. Yeah, nah, true. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm, mm, yeah. Interesting point you put there. Great, great point. <laughs> we, oh, 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 we got you back. You <laughs> uh. <laughs> can't hear a thing you're saying, bro. Uh, that's a that's a okay. Um, shall we move on to what, what, what have we got? What have we got here? We've got more. Can we oh, no? talk about a little bit the brachial plexus? So this is kind of um, a red flag or um, something that we really want to consider when there is neck pain, upper back, neck, neck, yeah, head, neck pain. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. So where to start with? This so when your your brachial plexus is um in your neck, and it's where all of your blood vessels and nerves kind of run through to um, support the arm function. Um, so when there's compression, you get a lot of like numbness, tingling, um, and it can it is kind of a red flag for other serious conditions so when they people are getting that head neck pain um we do also want to do just a few tests um to make sure that they don't have this thoracic outlet syndrome um so i guess you can look up what the specific tests are but i forgot what the is it ruse the one where you're doing this that's and it's just like um, if you're, I don't know how to describe this. How would I describe this? <laughs> uh, you're squeezing, you, squeezing, squeezing. You motion. hold your hands up to where your face is at a 90 degree angle for your elbow. Then you just like, con- like clench your fists um, and then unclench it for roughly around like five minutes or so. And then if you feel sort of that um, like nervy or lack of, sensations in your fists like you can't clench and unclench them anymore then there's a possible that test is positive and you may potentially have to do more testing to conclude if you have thoracic outlet syndrome yeah but basically it's important to consider this um when you do see patients with numbness and tingling as well and neck pain great point we're onto the red flags. What other red flags do you see for the head and neck that you're like, oh, this person's showing this sign. This is a major concern. We should get them straight to the hospital. Well, most of it would be kind of the sensory stuff, right? Because yeah. our your nerves are all up in here. Um, so you would want to do some cranial nerve testing. Yeah, patient comes in with certain symptoms. What yeah. about stroke? That's what I was about to say. I was just about to mention that. If you see any droopiness, oh, what was the? There's an acronym for um, uh, for I think it's called I think it's fast. Um, mm-hmm. f- like your was it facial expression? No, uh, yeah, face expression. Uh, arm, arms. Is it? Yes. Yes. Keep going. Yeah. Arms. Arms. Oh, what was S? I'm gonna try and test myself. S is no, go on, no, it's left me. Do you remember? Do you remember what S is? 
Speech. 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 It's speech. Oh, he got it. Good job. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was. I wasn't looking at the um the video. Speech. Nailed it. <laughs> and time is of the essence. I think. Yeah. That's that, it. That quickly. And funnily enough, there is a Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is not is not recommended for a lot of first aid stuff, but with strokes, there's a thing that um, a lot of people use, where is bloodletting on the tips of the fingers. Is it bloodletting on the affected side? Do you guys are you guys aware of that? Or yeah, well, well, it's bloodletting on the tips of the fingers um, for stroke patients, and it's. It's really funny. There's there's a story of a practitioner where he there was someone suffering a stroke on a plane, so then he used um, a toothpick at the time to kind of um, either stimulate or actually let out blood. Um, so and to to kind of decrease the 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 brain damage that the that the stroke would have had on that patient, which was really really cool. Um, but yeah, if yeah, but if you have if if in fast, use fast. I didn't rehearse it very well, but um, use fast to identify uh, any red flags when it comes to stroke. Uh, a droopy face or like a droopy eye or something can also be nerve damage too. And then so you probably need to ask about some previous traumas or maybe a previous stroke they had that might have damaged said nerve. Um, or even sometimes I've even seen um, a bacteria that has actually attacked that nerve and made it not obsolete, but... Uh, made it a little bit less effective. So definitely get, it's really important when you're looking at nerves to t- do all your senses, um, t- your sensory tests, as well as all the other stuff. Um, would you say in terms of neck, occlusion would be, uh, signs of occlusion would be a red flag? And now what, what would you look out for for something like occlusion? What do you think? I'm thinking just top of my head, like swelling, right? Because like obviously there's blockage, you're gonna see some swelling. You might see um, like maybe a small mass, maybe um, it won't, won't be too visible. But also like look at the vascularity of that of um, the arm or neck, or even I don't imagine the head having any um, like your head turning purple or anything. But like your arms, like they might be a little bit more pale, or they might that them themselves might be even like a little bit on the purplish side or any um, abnormal sores that could be representative of the capillary um, health or something like that, um, or the vessel health, rather. But occlusion is something to look out for. If, if you're not familiar with the term occlusion, it's just a blockage of, um, of the important blood vessels that, um, that, are, that go through your neck and connect to, obviously, your arms and your trunk and all that and your head. So it's very important to kind of check out. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen it before, personally, but can you it hear? is still equally important. Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah, we can hear you now. We can hear me now. Oh, He's back. back. <laughs> He's back. Um, some some other things to look out for occlusion, of course, is any like severe pain. Um, oh, yeah, also, that too. Like if they're cold sensitive. So temperature uh, is a big thing, not just in occlusion, but um, I- as a diagnostic technique as well. Um, and any like loss of sensitivity or loss of feeling, you know, any of that. So so when we were talking about, I think we mentioned in the first episode, we were talking about um, dermatomes and myotomes. And um, so using those, der- uh, yeah, using the dermatomes as like how, um, how the skin reacts to different touch. So we use like a soft touch uh, uh, 
a temperature, um, temperature sensitivity, and a like a sharp touch, and and pressure. Um, so we you know we can do these dermatomes across the face as well, um, and on through the limbs, as well. So looking for all these types of signs, and you know mentioned before, we we also looking at like um, cranial nerves. So do a quick cranial nerve testing. I mean, especially if the, you suspect any sort of foul play or, you know, anything like that, um, it's best first to do any of these testing and then assess whether it whether it is safe to do any any acupuncture treatment, um, whether it's safe to lie them down um, on their face, um, you know, these type of things. So, yeah, it's, it, it, all of that is very important um, when it comes to getting into your own clinic and treating people by yourself. Um, and that's, you know, that's sort of one of the reasons I wanted to make uh, make this series is, you know, throw that importance to, you know, why anatomy is important, why orthopedic testing is important, um, you know, how we use these in our everyday life being, uh, being in practice. Um, you know, because I kind of wish, I kind of wish as, as a second to third year student, I did hear these things and say, wow, these are, a lot more important than what they play them to be. I want to touch on a, uh, I don't think we've talked about it much yet, but vertebrae in the neck. Uh, a lot of my cases are in relation to like, you know, C1, 2, 3, down to C7, which is constitutor's neck, I reckon. Um, whether it's just the pain um, beside it or actually uh, disc degeneration, DJD. Um, and uh, I do see it a lot, and uh, and it's also something to consider when looking at elderly patients, especially patients that don't get better with acupuncture when you're needling the surrounding muscles. Um, a lot of thing, a lot of common things I see with uh, patients with like cervical DJD uh, is um, when you're needling the muscles around it, it doesn't improve that much unless you might go for like maybe a huato jaji, which is uh, right next to. Um, is that the transverse process of the actual vertebrae itself? Um, it's not until that then, when you're really working deep into the actual uh, the actual vertebrae, is when you get some sort of result. One of my mo- one of my most interesting cases of all time. I I love this case so much. Um, it was a gentleman who had uh, a chronic D- uh, DJD. I think it was C four, and. Um, he started to get. He started to get tingly. It started off with tingling around um, down his arm, or going all the way down to about large intestine four, um, which also for for the viewers, it's around that little muscle that connects your thumb to your palm on the outer side. Um, and he uh, it started off as that, and then eventually it progressed about a year or two later into the complete uh, dissolving of the muscle because the innovations just weren't happening, um, which is really, really cool. Um, and I thought that was really interesting to, to see, to see, cause it was actually all linked to his cervical vertebrae, which was oh, it's so mad. Um, shall we, <laughs> no, that is, yeah. that is really cool. Thanks that's, for the validation, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is really cool to, to see these connections in the body. Um, and especially as acupuncturists, we can, uh, we see different uh, different people come into our clinic than you know what what a chiro or osteo or physio might see 
Um, because, you know, a lot of people sort of use Chinese med as their last resort or think they have some sort of like really crazy thing and then go see the Chinese med, um, which is pretty cool. So we do see some pretty cool, um, pretty cool conditions. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on? I know B's about to run out of time, uh, so he's probably about to leave us. Um, is there anything else we want to we want to touch on? I've got seven minutes left. It's all G. He's got seven. seven oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Give him more time. Oh, seven minutes. Yeah, I deleted seven some stuff on my computer heaven. while I was recording. <laughs> seven minutes in heaven. Look at that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about headaches. I feel like headaches is something that everyone has experienced at least once in their life, so they sort of understand what is going on. And there's there's so many different types of headaches as well. So, so can you run us through a couple um, and well, you can sort of dissect what's going on? Yeah, anatomy I was going to throw that question out to you guys. Um, ah, so, to you. <laughs> so you have a few different types. If we're talking about purely anatomical structures you generally look at the back of the neck and that sort of causes that sort of occipital sort of headache so like the back of the head like your neck's so sore that it radiates to the head and then you get a headache from there um less common for the sort of frontal headaches to be caused from muscle strain however you could possibly get like a top of the head sort of headache, which is the occiput region with that muscle tightness being sore, but also less common due anatomically wise. Due to muscle muscle strain? Muscle, sorry, muscle strains and stuff. It's more right. due to like yep. internal sort of problems rather than muscular Do we know, do we know uh, said internal problems that would cause headaches just so we can s- separate the two between muscular 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 related headaches versus internal headaches i think this is a sort of one of those screening processes so again you know when when we're looking at all these uh these muscles in the back of the neck you know um you want to see if it is muscular related or if it is one of those stress related um you can get you can get those vertex headaches so that that pain that's like right atop of the head from like that liver cheese stag we've talked about all the time um so you know commonly it's it's high stress um up and back upper back and neck tension that comes that can come around all the way to the tmj you can get those vertex headaches um you know so it starts to form a bit of a pattern um and then the other sort of the other side that's not that's a bit less anatomical you can get uh, headaches in the back of the head that are caused by like eye strain and you know asking asking the appropriate questions to your patients you know do they get any eye pain do they get tired eyes uh, blurriness floaters anything like that um, you know do they wear glasses are they not wearing their glasses you know just sort of questioning um, opening up those questions once when a patient does come in with headaches um, and again you know you're screening for all those for all these cranial nerve type of problems, um, all those nerve issues as well, you know, is there is there a certain issue that's causing that headache that that has has not been explored? Um, you might find you might find something that you know 
you don't want to f- you don't want to find um but you might find something in one of those that just so happens to be something that needs to be dealt with immediately um and that's why you you screen properly is there anything else we want to chat about i think we covered a, a lot of it today i reckon we did a pretty good job good job guys good job team very great Oh, good job to you, be. Yeah. No, 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 Stop. It was all you. Charlene Frozen. Is Charlene here? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. She's we can't do it. We can't even finish this because she does the outro. Oh, we can't even finish it. Oh, she's back. <laughs> oh, I had, had a laugh. some internet problems this episode, so we will... Um, Apologize, apologize in advance. Oh. <laughs> oh, she's back. We got her. I think. Yeah? Shall we run yes. the intro. Hello? Run, Hi. The, run the outro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Sorry, did we agree that we covered most of the. Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I cut out completely. You're you just all disappeared from my screen and then for some reason popped back up. We're floating blocks. Yep. Anyways, as always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our discussion page. We apologize for the technical difficulties this episode. Um, but we'd love to hear from you guys. So let us know your thoughts on neck and head pain, musculoskeletal conditions. Um, and don't forget to follow our Instagrams. And and as always, we're the Forever Young Podcast and you'll hear from us next time. Bye. 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 I just made it. Yeah, boy.